Let's talk. Pat here with Sean today. Two-man show. We're just talking right before we started. It's, it's kind of an interesting setup. We don't have to do our Skype, so it's just me and him sitting in a room talking together. Literally broing out. Just broing hard. <laughs> and uh, it feels weird. I feel like I can hear my voice so much more than normal because I don't have my headphones on. And I hate the sound of my voice. So, yeah, what's up, dude? It's sweet. We don't have to wait for two other assholes to register their opinions on stuff. It's great. It's perfect. Those guys are probably having a great time right now not committing. So It's supposed to be guys? me. It's supposed to be me that doesn't commit. Yeah. Come on. That's Sean's role. <laughs> How was your weekend? Weekend was extra chill. I literally did nothing but relax and crush food for like three days straight. Much needed. Yeah, it's definitely one of those weekends where you just get lost in eating because, <laughs> especially if you don't have anything going on, even if you do, like I know Andy was up at BRF, you know they brought a shit ton of food to grill out oh, and munch for sure, on. dude. I saw the list. So, yeah, we, uh, Friday night, I think Alyssa, or I cooked Friday night actually, Greek chicken. It's like chicken shawarma, kind of my own my own recipe. Damn. Pretty good. Got some pitas, and then Saturday, I actually did something active. Me and Alyssa took <laughs> Butters on a hike five miles. Felt great during, sore as shit after. And yesterday morning when I woke up, um, which by the way I was gonna wait until we talked about chicken sandwiches. To bring this up recommendation to anyone who is a fan of chicken salad sean i'm not sure if that's your forte or not i'm a big fan my favorite and best chicken salad that i've ever tried is at jewel the rotisserie chicken salad so basically tuesday is the best day to find it because after they have cheap chicken monday seems like they take whatever leftover rotisseries they have slice it up and the thing about this it's mixed with like celery and probably mayonnaise i'm assuming it's very creamy and delicious sounds amazing you get the fattest chunks of chicken in there though (laughs) you know it's like to the point to where normally i'll make my sandwiches and sometimes i'll cut them in half just so they're easier to eat these ones you can't cut in half because like the chicken just has to be where it is it's such a fat piece of chicken in there and multiple fat pieces of chicken so you just got to keep that sandwich whole crush it down and then crush it down eat like a man that's the kind of sandwich you want to eat with a full bottle of Frank's Red Hot right next to you. Ooh. That's what I'm doing. So if you like chicken salad, I highly recommend the Jewel Rotisserie Chicken Salad, often found on Tuesdays. Check it out. Um, but then, yeah, yesterday I mentioned, uh, or then we got Lou's. Yeah, we got Lou Malnati's that night. Ooh. 
Large deep dish, got a loose salad, and their wings. Again, highly recommend their wings if you've never had them. First time I had them, they're massive and they're awesome. They're great wings. You wouldn't really anticipate that from Lou's. Obviously better known for their deep dish, but we were talking about it. Lou's has a bomb-ass menu altogether. Through and through. Through and through. The salad is delicious. Before that, that came out the wings, I'd say their most popular appetizer was the cheesy garlic bread. Also delicious. Their thin crust pizza is a bit of a hidden gem. A lot of people don't go for that. They go deep dish, which I get. It's obviously much better, but thin crust, fire. Luminati's knows how, knows what they're doing. And I could probably drink their sweet vinaigrette dressing <laughs> out of the bottle. If I'm being honest, it's it's delicious. Um, and then yesterday I had a live fantasy draft for bro or for the men's league, bush leagues actually. What's called? We just call it the men's league. And they had a four dollar mini beef. At Riley's with a side. So I had like two or three of those. It's going to be a hard dump day at some point though. Also have a barbecue today that I'm hosting with some bomb ass ribs and hot dogs being served as well. So tomorrow morning I might have to set my alarm early to just get up and get it out before I go to work. Because <laughs> it's, it's one of those weekends. When you don't go anywhere for Labor Day, you just munch out. Diet starts tomorrow, right, dude? Dude, you know what? It's fantasy football time. Just call me Tom Brady because I'm checking down and I'm dumping. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Dinking and dumping. Dude, I hope my halfbacks are ready. I'm about to throw a five-yard pass into a 15-yard window. Dude, we just talked about it, too, how this is the best time of the year. Football's coming back. Get the fantasy drafts out of the way. So that means the season is starting Thursday night. Bears-Packers. Can't wait. It's... Starting to get a little bit cooler. We're moving towards fall weather. It's about to be chilly season. It's buffalo wing season. It's football season, baby. Oh my gosh. Don't forget bonfires. You might you can't see us right now, but Sean and I are both sitting here fully torqued. Full torque. And it's a little bit awkward um, <laughs> because we're good friends, but we're not that good of friends. Uh, we're but becoming better friends. We're becoming better friends, and I, I think football is the driving factor in that. Football's a driving factor in everything I do right now. I'm talking football. I'm living football. I'm wearing football hoodies even though it's still hot out. I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to go. So, yeah, last week when we were hanging at Cody's, he's got all these games to play. Beersby, darts, foosball, a lot of which we did play. What am I doing? I'm grabbing the pigskin, and I'm fucking firing <laughs> it back and forth to Saul, trying to see who can throw harder, catching dimes. Well, Saul's catching dimes from me. I don't know, can't maybe can't say the same, but <laughs> football is consume about to consume our lives for the next six months. Yesterday, <sighs> Sunday was the wait. last Sunday without NFL football until February. Woo. And whenever I hear that phrase every year, I just I just walk around with a smile for like a week. It's it's the best feeling. It's the real Christmas. Sorry, Jesus. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. It's football. So, I guess we'll start there. Bears-Packers, Thursday night. We'll be watching it. I don't know. Do you, do you want to watch it here? Should we go out and watch it somewhere? I haven't really... I usually watch all the games here, full clad in my Bears gear. But, full clad, you say? Oh, I got... Well, I have outfit combinations that I test out, and as the season goes on, I... I start to go toward, like last year when the Bears were winning, I had one combination that they were undefeated in, and I realized it 
like two thirds of the way through the season, <laughs> and then I wore it out. And I think. Did you change it for the Parky miss, or were you wearing the same? I was thing? wearing. I think that was oh. the first game they lost in it. So I have, to have probably one small article of clothing change. Well, that's the thing. Maybe I just make socks make, in I, honor of Parky. I got some socks for Christmas, Dude. so I'm gonna throw that into the mix. And that's the thing. I make little incremental changes <laughs> as to not mess with what I think is a good thing. And for those of you who are out there listening that don't think that what fans wear and the rituals they do don't play a part in the game, (laughs) get out of my life, okay? I make a difference on a (laughs) week-to-week basis, and I don't care what you say. In my mind, I'm helping the team as much as I can because I'm invested. I've been a Bears fan since I can remember when I was a kid. Never witnessed a Super Bowl. Saw them play in one Super Bowl. It was heartbreaking. And here's... Me and Jimmy have always been really weird about Bears games. It's unfortunate that he's not here to give his side of it. But when the Bears were in the Super Bowl in 2006-2007 against the Colts, Super Bowl... What number was that? 40? I think it was Super Bowl 41. Regardless, my family had people over, like a Super Bowl party, and... Jimmy and I sat upstairs in our room and watched the game, just the two of us, because we were so weird about the game, and that's what we would do all year. And when they lost, or when it, when Hester returned the opening kickoff, it oh, was yeah. like the most excited I've maybe ever been in my life. Oh. And then when they lost, it was just, it just sucked, because you ran into a buzzsaw with Peyton Manning and the Colts. And even so, the Bears defense played really well that game, and the offense just couldn't do anything like the story of the entire season. They couldn't do anything to get it done. We've waited a long while to have another team that could compete at that same level. And I definitely feel like this is the squad. It was, that's what makes last year's loss. So disappointing the way that it happened because of the kicker, because that was a team that they just, they just had it last year, and you don't know if it's going to happen year to year. I'd like to think they're still going to be really good this year, but if they make that field goal, they could play in the Super Bowl. I know it's hypothetical, but the defense is that good, and I think it'll be that good this year. I don't want to have to relive last year, but I'm just going to say C.J. Anderson does not run for like 180 yards on this Bears defense. He gets his fat ass thrown to the ground, and he goes home to his Big Macs like every other night <laughs> in his life. Todd Gurley was hurt. Goff is a puss. I mean, we could have taken the Rams again. We, we we showed them what's up when they came to our house. We showed them what's up on that cold, cold night. We could have easily done it again. We almost beat the Patriots. We were a Hail Mary away. Kevin White almost made the best play of his career because he's not even playing right now. And I think we could have really shown the Patriots what's up too because we had that type of talent and they wouldn't have to play against the incompetence of Goff. So, but moving forward, we got a new kicker. Our defense is as stacked as it's ever been. I think we actually upgraded from Amos departing with HaHa Clinton Dix. I wanted him uh, since the Packers drafted him, really. Trubisky, looking like that MVP frontrunner for our team. I mean, it's football time, man. We got everything we need right here on this team. And we got Nagy. Yeah, I think Jimmy and I talked about it a little bit last week. I think that the Bears' defense is going to be... I think they're the best unit in the NFL, offense or defense. Like I know the Chiefs offense, the Patriots offense, the Rams offense. Other, you know, you could throw all that out there. I feel like the Bears defense is the best unit in the NFL, 
And I think they're going to dominate games again this year, dictate games more so, because you look at last year, they had 36 turnovers, which is a super high number. And that's going to be something that's hard to replicate. But I still think that they'll dictate the games in the sense that they'll force a lot of three and outs. They'll stuff the run. They'll they'll force teams to have to try and throw it downfield. And you still do have Eddie Jackson back there. And I think Ooh. I think HaHa Clinton Dix is probably more more of a playmaker than Amos was. Amos is I think probably like a, a more solid all around safety. I guess you could say he knew the defense. He was. Uh, you just knew he was going to be there. It wasn't like when Chris Conti was roaming back there and just getting burned, throwing his hand up for the Dude, safety when he's the fucking safety. Bears leading tacklers. <laughs> Remember that year? <laughs> that was a terrible year. But that was. <laughs> I just feel like the defense is so good. Obviously, if they can stay healthy, which was a big factor last year, they were able to stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, when they, you got guys like Mack and Hicks up front, oh. and then Trevathan and uh, Roquan Smith at the next level. I mean, they, they've got playmakers all over the defense. Every single level we got playmakers, dude. We could easily get it. Dude, and they're all in sync, I feel like. They're they're such a tight unit, and they know how good they are, and they also know that they, in the grand scheme of things last year, it was a great turnaround. Worst to first in the division happens every year, but we were one of the teams last year. 12 wins. Home playoff game. In the end, though, we didn't win a playoff game. We didn't really accomplish what they set out to accomplish. And I think all of these guys know, like we talked about, they're a missed field goal away from potentially going further or at least winning one game. And I think they're ready. They're hungry. They haven't played in the preseason. I think they're going to come out and handle Green Bay on Thursday. I really do. Maybe not a huge victory, but I think... Somewhere in like the 21-14, 24-17, like somewhere in that. I don't think it's going to be a particularly high-scoring game, but I think that the Bears' offense will do enough. Um, I think it's an, it's one – well, first of all, one thing. 36 turnovers is a lot, but Amos only accounted for two picks, and the way you get those turnovers is pressure in the quarterback, and we're still going to be bringing the heat. We're going to be bringing the heat – and we're going to be forcing bad passes. We're going to be forcing mistimed routes due to that pressure. I think we could get close to 36 turnovers again because Amos only accounted for two of those, uh, two of those picks, which you know we'll take them. But it's not like you know we didn't lose Eddie Jackson, who probably had like six or seven, or Fuller, who definitely had seven. Or, I think he had seven picks last year. So we still got we still got the talent to get those turnovers, and that's probably going to be our forte this year again. But in terms of the Packers, I think if we get one pick on Rodgers, I think that's the number. I like to look at that. Like, how many turnovers do you need to cause? If we can pick Rodgers once and cause a a fumble and recovery, our defense is really going to be leading the charge. So if they can get it done, two turnovers, I think the Bears are going to win. I think that's the number. We go plus two, that is. So if we go plus two in turnovers. And I I just – I feel like, obviously, when you look at the Packers – Aaron Rodgers has been the boogeyman in Chicago for the entirety of his career. And he's a guy who has shown that he can single-handedly win games for you. And and like you saw last year in the first game of the season, mm-hmm. make miraculous comebacks and do things that guys who have played football have never been able to do before. He's arguably the greatest quarterback talent of all time. And... It sucks having that fear. That being said, it's a completely different situation 
for the Packers as well this year. They got a new coach, a young coach, who has already butted heads with Rodgers a little bit. But any new coach coming in, especially one who's 39 or 38 years old, whatever he is, is going to want to try and make a statement and prove themselves. And I think that that's going to take some time for them to iron out some of these issues that they're going to go through in their early going. I mean, you saw last year, Nagy came out on fire, mainly because of what the defense did. The offense was just whatever. And then once he had that lead, he couldn't do what it took to secure and finish off that game. So, and that that comes with the territory, the early goings of a, a new NFL coach getting a you know a team for the first time, taking over a team. That will be interesting too. That to see who really has control of the team is it Rodgers or the head coach when it comes to being behind and they have the ball with two and a half minutes left. You know what I mean? I mean it's going to be Aaron Rodgers two minute drill, of course. Um, but I mean, that's where you might see the miscommunique. I mean, call timeout, try and get some plays together. A-Rod might have a totally different opinion. So that's the working relationship I think you're talking about. And, uh, we'll see how they, you know, kind of handled that turmoil since the preseason. Cause right. I know I've heard a little bit about A-Rod being a diva and all this other stuff, which is true. Um, but it's going to be interesting and I'm glad we get them game one. It's good that right. we got them early in and the season. That's what I'm saying. It's like... I know it's Aaron Rodgers and he's great, but that's a lot of pressure to come out with a new coach and a new system with your first game against the best defense in the NFL. And yeah, buddy. at Soldier Field to kick off the 100th season of the NFL, it's just going to be an insane environment, I think. And I, and I think you're right. I think our front seven is ridiculously good. And especially the four guys up front with Mac Hicks, uh, Goldman and Leonard Floyd, you know, throw Blau Nichols in the mix. We got guys that can just rush the passer. And I think Rodgers has always been good at extending plays and, and avoiding hits as much as possible. But we saw in the second game last year where the Bears beat them that they got to him, they hit him, they forced some bad throws. Pressure was on all and game. I think um I think they're gonna they're gonna come out ready to go. The dogs are gonna be barking Oof. and Rodgers is going to look a lot like this photo on my phone, which I will never change as my background. He's getting fucked up just by Mac, three bears. Just Mac <laughs> around his waist and Leonard Floyd over his shoulder, and Roger's just like, ah, ah. So, Seriously, looks like he's screaming for his life. It's amazing. Uh, I can't wait. I, again, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm being a homer either. Obviously, I'm a Bears fan. I just feel like... What the I, odds I, on the game are? Have you checked that yet? I don't know, but I've been I know I've been seeing like Sports Illustrated came out with their projections for the 2019-2020 season and they had the Bears finishing 7 and 9 last place in the NFC North. Classic. Which I just don't I just don't see it with this defense. I just don't see it. Khalil Mack is going to had a full training camp, didn't play in the preseason, but he's going to come out and dominate like we expect. I could. I would not be surprised to see him get upwards of 15, 16 sacks and be in the defensive player of the year conversation because he's that good. And when you're that good and you play on a team with all these other really good players around you, you're not only making them better, they're making it easier for you to do what you do. And you saw it. You could put two guys on Khalil Mack. He'll bull rush right through you. 
He'll push your left tackle over with his <laughs> left fucking arm. Your best lineman. Your best your lineman best line. will get pushed over with one arm by Khalil Mack. He is a freak of nature. I still pinch myself trying to figure out how this happened. Yesterday was the anniversary of when we traded for Khalil Mack, and people were celebrating it all over social media. It was amazing so seeing all awesome. these tribute videos come out about him, just watching him dominate. And I just, I think the tides have turned for the Bears. We, we went through a really rough patch. We finished in last place two or three seasons in a row. And it was, it sucked. Went through the Mark Tressman and John Fox era, all the stuff with Jay Cutler. And the way, (laughs) the way that Ryan Pace has turned this around and put together this roster. I mean, I'm going to try and find this tweet, but there's a list of players because the Bears also extended Cody Whitehair yesterday, five years, 65 million, I think. I watched a highlight reel of his yesterday too. And the dude's a beast. I mean, our own line is very good that like, that's our, another our reason i'm so excited done. yeah and that's the, that's the that's the core a lot of people outside football fans don't really i mean you have to have the playmakers obviously offensively you got to be able to move the ball but the game is won and lost in the trenches it really is if your old line is solid if your d line you got to create that pressure and you got to protect against the pressure that really is like everything in this game it's timing so if you keep that timing your old line gets you that that the the room uh, you need to move the ball while running it, and we got guys now. David Montgomery, he's shown he's shifty. He can pound the rock when need be. You know, Nagy's always creating uh, mismatches and taking advantage of of defenses' weaknesses, and it's all because of the O line. And we got the O line. We got the D line. We got the O line. We're winning trench wars. So that being said, this. Um, was from Chris Emma on Twitter at CEmma670. works for 670 Scores. Good writer, good follow if you're a Bears fan. So these are Bears that are signed for at least the next three seasons. And, Sean, you mentioned the offensive line that's riddled with them on here. Cody Whitehair, Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Charles Leno, Bobby Massey, Trey Burton, Taylor Gabriel, Buster Screen, Roquan Smith, James Daniel, Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller, David Montgomery and Bilal Nichols. That's some talent right there that we have secured for the next three seasons. Yes, sir. The window is now. I, I said this last week. I I don't feel like it's Super Bowl or bust, although you want your team to win the Super Bowl every year. But I do want to see the Bears win one. I want to see them playing for the NFC Championship this year. I, I feel like their talent is that good. If Mitch can just make an incremental improvement from last year because I thought he was solid last year. If he could just show that he can read the defenses and in my opinion, I want him to take a little bit more risk trying to fit balls in because our defense is so good. That doesn't mean I want him to get out there and be like Cutler and just sling it, but he does have time where he hesitates throwing it downfield and ends up running, which is one of his best attributes. But any quarterback who runs eventually gets to that point to where they realize they need to stop running because mm-hmm. they're getting hit too much and they're missing games because of it. It's so, inevitable. Except I, Russell Wilson. And I think that there's enough weapons and more weapons around him this year to be successful than there was last year. Allen Robinson, fully healthy off of his ACL two years ago. He's a beast. You saw it multiple times last year where he showed why he's a number one receiver in the NFL. Just great route running, good footwork around the sidelines. 
good body position, goes up and gets the ball, great hands. He is everything you could ask for in a number one receiver. He's not maybe not the flashiest, the fastest, but he's just really good at everything to where you you know when you're throwing it his way, he's going to come down with it 99 times out of 100. And I've heard the rapport that he and Trubisky are building uh, is excellent. And really what you need out of your number one is almost like a safety net type of position. That's like what you need. You need that trust. Someone when shit falls apart, Trubisky can look for Allen Robinson. And you saw it last year. It was like any time they needed a big third down conversion, like I'm just sitting there like give it to A-Rob. Give it to A-Rob. The guy's a fucking beast. Give him the ball. The safety net, baby. We got it. And then you look at, Sean, you mentioned David Montgomery. High hopes for him this year. They also signed Mike Davis, who's a solid pass-catching running back himself. Good third down guy. So I think Tariq Cohen is going to be transitioned more into like Tyreek Hill in Kansas City to where he, last year I think he had, I forget what the exact number was. I think that he had like 60 carries and like 70 catches or something like that. I think you're going to see more of a split like 30 or 40 carries and like 80 to 90 catches. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I think, first of all, Cohen should be a running back slash wide receiver. In fantasy, I've been calling for that for a while. I think you're going to see ESPN transition to uh, him to that halfway through the year because of how often he's going to be lined up, starting in the backfield, motioned uh, to a slot uh, either right or left. I think that's going to happen a lot. I think it's going to cause the change to running back slash wide receiver for Cohen. But also, Cohen is a great route runner. He runs as good of a wheel route. I mean, he fakes on both cuts. Wheel route is starting in the backfield, uh, uh, on hike, run up to the line, run an out route, fake out, and then head up field. Him and Trubisky run as as fine of a timing wheel route as anybody in the league. And Cohen is an excellent route runner even besides that. Dude, I think Tariq Cohen could be the best athlete in the NFL as well, if I'm being honest. I mean, and again, not just saying it as a homer, this guy is five foot five. I mean, he benches like 400 pounds. He does all, you see these videos all the time, him doing backflips, catching the ball while he's doing it. He's a freak athlete. He's like, uh, he's like Darren Sproles. Like he's the, the closest guy you can relate him to is Darren Sproles, except he probably has better athleticism. Oh than yeah. Darren and that's coming. Sproles is an NFL legend for oh, yeah. the height he is, the longevity he's had, and just the, the numbers he's put together throughout his career, every stop he's made. And Cohen has all of that ability. He's a return guy, just like Darren Sproles was. Was he's got the hands uh, out of the backfield like Sproles had. So I'm excited. I mean, last year too, he was a guy that you wanted the ball in his hands in big moments. Like when he wasn't in, you're like, what the fuck? Why is Tariq not in the game? He's he's been making play. That's what frustrated me about last year. There was sequences where he was getting chunks of yards, and then you'd get a little bit closer, and then they'd go with Jordan Howard, who, you know, was good for the time he was here. But I always just feel like you should ride the hot hand, and he's such a mismatch problem. And I think that's why you still see him line up at running back a lot, because he's more of a mismatch for linebackers than he would be for corners and safeties. So anytime you can get him, you mentioned Matt Nagy, his offense basically from the Andy Reid tree is all about finding the mismatch in the defense. So that's why a guy like Allen Robinson, who – probably could be putting up like 85, 90 catches, 1,200 yards, 8, 9 touchdowns. Like You'll see his numbers a little bit lower than that, but it'll be within the fabric of the offense, and it'll be all big plays. So while his numbers might not stack up with all the number ones up there, his contributions to the offense are 
super important. Yeah, like, and they'll be they'll be at vital times as well. I I can't wait, bro. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped. I think we're gonna see a shitload of. Uh, we saw a lot last year, but with Jordan Howard being a bit of a handicap uh, due to his, you know, um, pass well pass blocking and catching abilities. We didn't see as much two running back, but we're going to see a lot of two running back this year. We're going to see a lot of the combination of all three, probably. Well, dude, and Cordero Patterson is another guy who's going to get some carries out of the backfield. I know he's a receiver, and he'll be your kick returner this year. That but guy's solid. He's huge. And he's huge. That dude is massive. Well, and that's the thing is New England used him a lot out of the backfield mm-hmm. on sweeps. And I think in this offense, he's going to be a gadget guy that goes in and just Picks up Such huge chunks term. of yardage. Gadget guy. Yep. He's a inspector gadget, dude. Corderell Patterson. And I just think Nagy now has all these weapons to work with. On top of the guys that already were great last year, like we said, Allen Robinson. Taylor Gabriel was great last year. Anthony Miller, healthy this year, should be a difference maker. Trey Burton as well. I mean, you got all these guys in the offense to where, as a defense, how do you key in on anybody when you've got seven, eight guys that you have to worry about on any given play. And I think I think David Montgomery is going to be the feature back. I think he's going to put up big numbers this year. You saw Kareem Hunt do it the first year in this offense when he was in Kansas City. And I think you're going to see, hopefully, a similar workload to what he received. I mean, they pinpointed this guy, met with him, traded to get him in the draft this was the guy that they wanted and i don't know they've just ryan pace has definitely won me over with his ability to identify talent and get them in rounds three to six he's always nailed his first round picks have been questionable that's why i didn't even care that we got rid of two of them for mac because he's a damn stud obviously hall of famer probably but I, I don't know how he always identifies and nails talent late in drafts. Dude, always. the team is riddled with guys like that. We talked about him before. Like, Bilal Nichols was a fourth or fifth round pick last year, I think. Um, Eddie Goldman was a third round pick. Um, and I think Cody Whitehair was a third round pick, too. He was a late pick. James Daniels was a mid round pick. I mean,. It's it's very impressive, and yeah, his he leaves a little bit to be desired in the first few rounds, I guess. Like a guy like Kevin White really taints his record, but he's also had you know. Hopefully, Mitch will be a a good sign moving forward. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like the Bears are in really good hands, and it was it's something that where it's it's taken a long while to get back here, but now that we're back, I just feel like. We're back. Let's fucking go, dude. We're back. Let's go. so tough this year, though. That's the thing, is the <laughs> Vikings are, should be good. The Packers should be better. And even the Lions are no slouch, really. They beat um, the Patriots last year. That's we made them lot. look like slouch. Like, that's the thing that was crazy about last year. But other than the first game against the Packers where they came back and won. But even so, so we played we play six division games every year. We dominated five and a half of the division games. The only one we didn't really dominate was or the second half of that Packers game. Right. And that was it. Like our guys were gassed. Khalil Mack had just signed eight days earlier. And he still almost chased down Cobb. Right. He was one of those guys. Unfortunately, Cobb got away. Well that that's what's awesome too, is when you have a guy like Khalil Mack who is a generational talent, but he also works harder than anybody else on the team. 
he just sets the trend for everybody. Everyone sees this monster who just does things that you can't even imagine on the field, and they just watch him come in and work hard as hell every single day, and then it just sets the tone. This defense is going to be so good this year, dude. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my gosh. We're heard, still torqued. I heard when they bring Khalil Mack out on the field, it, they have to put him in a steel cage, and they have to roll him out there, <laughs> and then they send one guy out to to clip the lock, and then he just comes out and breaks the door off the metal cage. It's crazy. You it's, guys should definitely be watching that game. It's going to be amazing. Be sh- like a shot out of a cannon chasing the quarterback. Maybe like Jurassic Park letting a velociraptor out of the cage. Clever girl. <laughs> so some we realized the other day that sometimes with our massive following <laughs> – there are some unintended consequences of the opinions that we put out there. And a couple weeks back, we talked about a the chicken sandwich from Popeye's, which that was like the end of August. That sandwich actually came out in June. Really? Yeah. But no one knew about it until, or the hype didn't build up until after we talked about it on our show. And then the hype got huge Explosion. because of us. And... <laughs> You were hearing stories that they were running out of the chicken sandwiches at multiple locations. Alyssa uh, went to one, and they ran out, and then she called another location, and they just picked up the phone, didn't even say hi, and went, if you're calling about the chicken sandwich, we're not going to have them for three weeks. She was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Then, like a couple days later, come to find out that they were sold out, supposedly, at all locations and would be re-releasing them in a few weeks for good. So it's going to be an – obviously, they're going to add it to their menu. We were lucky to have gotten one before the hype was overhyped, <laughs> and we both agreed that they were phenomenal. Oh, yeah, fire. Fire-ass sandwich, fat piece of chicken. Little chicken. Popeye's chicken is amazing. And I really shouldn't have been that surprised, I guess, but more surprised by the fact that that was their first chicken sandwich that they've ever had. Although I looked into that and they had, they used to have a chicken po' boy sandwich, but this was their first like original chicken sandwich or whatever that they had. And now it's, we talked about, it could be a marketing ploy, maybe. They they mention, like, oh, download our app and put on notifications, which I ended up downloading the app, but not for that. We actually picked up Popeye's and went over to Jimmy's for dinner last week, and they have coupons exclusively through the app, so I downloaded the app for that. That being said, of course, I turned the notification on to let me know when the chicken sandwich is back, <laughs> but it's not because they told me to. It was for the coupon. Any notifications yet? Nothing yet. You heard your first, no notifications, chicken sandwich not ready. But it was funny because even pulling up, like, when you pull in, we went to pick up the food, like, there's a piece of paper taped on the door, like, we're all out of chicken sandwiches. There was, like, a cardboard sign on one of the poles near the exit that said, no more chicken sandwiches. It's it's crazy how people went insane for it. I mean, it's, it's good. It's real good. But... I don't know if I would ever wait in some of those lines no, I was seeing for there was it. one, the video on Twitter of the fast food line wrapping twice around the restaurant. So there's two layers of cars circling in mesmerizing fashion trying to get these goddamn chicken sandwiches. I was like, 
baffled. I was. It's a chicken sandwich. Dude, Pete <laughs> Quavo from Migos sent out a video. He had a bag full of them. Said he was selling them for a thousand dollars on eBay. <laughs> People That's were funny. As some hell, guy sued is suing Popeyes for five thousand dollars, saying that he suffered from emotional and physical. I think it was physical damages from trying to. Or I think it was emotional and financial damages from trying to drive around to find a, a chicken sandwich and they were sold out everywhere. Oh my god. Just it's gotten out of control. There like is it, no bad publicity, man. I guess you're right. <laughs> when when people are like suing you for your chicken sandwich because they want to try it that bad, I guess that means that your chicken sandwich is fucking fire. I mean, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. When's the last time... Like, first of all, Popeye's is delicious. I don't get it all the time, but I haven't had KFC in, like, ten years because I happen to think that they're garbage. And I eat Popeye's Agreed. irregularly because I happen to think it's not garbage. It's still fast food, but it's tasty, and when you get it, it's warm. Thank God for that. But when is the last time anyone even talked about Popeye's? Well, that's funny because... <laughs> Jimmy is a big Popeyes guy. Like even before, and that's what I, I talked about with Alyssa. She's like, well, I'm like, well, now that their chicken sandwich is gone, like no one's gonna go to Popeyes. She's like, well, people that normally went to Popeyes before that will still go to Popeyes. It's just the people that were going for the chicken sandwiches aren't gonna be flooding there. And like I said, the chicken sandwich was the first time I had Popeyes in a long time. Like the last time before that, I can remember is. I don't remember where we were, but we were flying home from somewhere, and there was a Popeyes in the airport. I think you were there. Oh actually. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last time I had Popeyes before then. But like I mentioned, we went there this week yeah, and good. and brought food to Jimmy and Sarah's and ate dinner with them and the kids. We got the like the large. We got two things of chicken tenders, like the large family size. It's like twenty or it's like fourteen tenders. And then we got eight spicy tenders. Their tenders are amazing. That was like one of the better fast food dinners I've eaten in a long time. And I was like, whoa, Popeye's <laughs> is great. I should be eating here more even if they don't have the chicken sandwich. So I'm a Popeye's guy now. I mean, it, through it, and through. It rivals Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. I eat it once a week. I always get their Cobb salad. It's amazing. But It is really good. Dude, it's so fire. I put buffalo sauce on it. Oh, man, it's amazing. But here's the thing. Popeye's rivals even Chick-fil-A in terms of the quality of their chicken, I believe. Now, Definitely. I haven't explored the menu as much as I have with, with Chick-fil-A. And I don't even explore Chick-fil-A's menu that much. But every time I get Popeye's, I notice that it's big chunks of chicken that I'm eating. It's not like that depressed, kind of flattened out fake chicken you get from most other places. That's why I don't eat other most other places. But Popeye's has, like, actually very good chicken. Probably underrated. In my opinion, overall. Now, in their chicken sandwich, obviously, escalates it to a new level. I still think it's better than Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. A lot of people have a problem with that. Dave Portnoy, the prez, I'm calling you out, dude. Come on now. Popeye's chicken sandwich is better. There's more of it. Let's go. I I don't remember the exact quote, um, but there was a funny meme going around social media talking about the difference between Chick-fil-A and Popeye's chicken. And it was like... Chick-fil-A chicken tastes like um, it was made by a white chick named Sarah who spent a couple weeks down south and ate some soul food. Popeye's chicken tastes like um, 
my granny Bernice, who's been cooking food for like something. It was something ridiculous like that. And I felt like it was, so it was awesome. so spot on though. Like Popeye's like, I love Chick-fil-A too. And their chicken sandwich is awesome as well. But that, like the chicken tenders at Popeye's, it just, they're se- like the way that they're cooked, the seasoning, it's just so delicious. So satisfying. Like you said, like I, I will never eat KFC again, if I'm being no, honest. KFC's I won't, I won't do it. Because I know I can go to Popeye's and get way better meal. Their biscuits are phenomenal as well. I tried their mac and cheese and the mashed potatoes this time too. Both great. The mashed potatoes have like, it's like a little bit like almost like Cajun seasoning in there or something. Like it's like a very southern, they got the, the rice and beans that you can I get there get too. I the rice and beans. It's so good. Yeah, I'm a Popeye's guy now. Yeah. And here's the, you know the crazy thing? Chick-fil-A is like the most lucrative fast food yeah company that like, just came out recently than, yeah more than mcdonald's right? it's and like they're they closed on sundays bank, too dude. and they bank right it's crazy i i mean don't Popeyes get me wrong i'm not i'm not in. saying i'm jumping off the chick-fil-a bandwagon at all because their salads are phenomenal their sandwiches their waffle fries obviously no one does waffle fries other than chick-fil-a their chick-fil-a sauce yeah it's all great it's all great and i will oh i have a gift card in my wallet that I've been intending to use. Maybe I'll go stop by this week and, you know, get something from Chick-fil-A. But when I'm thinking, like, traditional chicken dinner with the family, some yes, sides, yes, yes. some biscuits, a little bit of honey on there, Ooh, I'm going Popeye's. That's right. Straight Cajun. <laughs> ah, man, I love Popeye's. But that being said, can't wait for their chicken sandwich to come back because it's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get it once it comes back. Like, it's one of those things where even if you do the family meal, you go and you get an additional sandwich for everyone that's eating as well because it's that good and you're going to want that sandwich. I definitely want to get it spicy next time because they're spicy tenders. Oh, surprise, surprise. They were amazing. <laughs> um, all right. So, had some some scary news come out yesterday and kind of... Not a lot of details around it, but Kevin Hart, hilarious comedian, featured on Sean's list of funniest people of all time a few weeks back. Number five. Number five. Hilarious dude. Involved in a very serious car accident in Malibu early Sunday morning when his car uh, veered off the road. He was not driving. He had a driver. The car veered off the road and flipped over a couple times, went through a wooden fence him and his driver both sustained major or serious back injuries. That That's pretty much the only details that have come out. So hopefully, I mean, prayers up to Kevin Hart for real because he's one of the funniest guys in Hollywood right now, one of the most active guys in Hollywood. And when you hear something like, like a rollover crash, you see the car was just destroyed, crushed on the top, and then serious back injuries – you wonder if he's even able to walk or what's going on right now. So it's really, really scary situation. Um, still alive as, as far as we know. Yeah, um, it's not official yet. They're saying he probably will require back surgery, uh, which is obviously meaning it's extremely serious. I can't believe yet. I didn't know that he had a driver. Yeah. Wow. And the driver also sustained um, injuries as well. They said that the driver, there was no alcohol in his system. So I don't know if 
just dozed off or what, but obviously pretty serious mistake, however it happened. Uh, there was also a female passenger that was in the car that was unharmed, which is pretty crazy. Maybe she was the only one wearing a seatbelt. Maybe. But... This car is messed up, by the way, guys. Oh, yeah. If you, this if, car is totaled. If you sure. haven't it's seen it, spot. just Google Kevin Hart and a lot of the news stories will come up. But, yeah, it's you see a car like that and you assume the people are probably dead that were inside of it. Yeah, so seriously. for him to get away with back injuries, whatever they may be, the fact that he's still alive seems like a miracle. I mean, that car this thing is, is mangled. They probably had to get the jaws of life to open that thing up. Very scary. We don't usually talk about a lot of serious stuff on here, but it's it. You know, this is definitely gonna alter his career if he could ever do anything. I mean, we that's the thing. We don't really know how serious it is, other than seeing. The reports and the pictures of the car, obviously, it looks pretty serious. I don't think, has Kevin Hart released a statement or been active on social media at all? I haven't, I just Googled it. I didn't see anything from him. I'm assuming he's just in the hospital right now, so. It's messed up. Everyone drives safe out there, honestly. I can't believe you had a driver who fucked up. Like, you have one thing to do, you drive, bro. I don't understand what happened. You get paid handsomely to do that, I'm sure, too. And I, I guess it was a... It was kind of like an antique car or something. Not an antique car. Maybe like it's the wrong word. Like a, yeah, it was like a classic car that he just bought mm-hmm. for himself for his 40th birthday. So I just hope he's okay. You know, you would hate to, obviously you hate to lose anyone, but such a talent like him who's like right in the prime of his career. Yeah, it's always he like can make a recovery. I mean, he's been like seriously everywhere. He's and he's like super involved in the sports world. Obviously, the Eagles, but like he's like in the, the, every All Star basketball charity game uh, or celebrity game or whatever. He's always like a main feature in that because he's so funny and he's decently talented for being my height. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think he is one of the probably biggest and most recognizable stars in hollywood right now Mm -hmm. because like you said he's been in everything the last four or five years and whenever he came he had i love watching back like movies like knocked up where he played like a really small part but a hilarious part and it was like 40 year old version 40 year old or that's what i'm thinking of 40 year old version yeah not knocked up 40 year old version when he's in the the electronic store talking to the other black dude it's so funny and and it's like you look back at that now and it's like the writing was on the wall this guy was gonna be a star right. one day he's so funny so you're using a lot of big words and because i don't understand him i'm gonna take him as a sign of disrespect it's so amazing dude it's just so funny and we want more of that so kevin hart please get better because you're hilarious you always make me laugh you probably need a good laugh right now so if anyone out there that's listening is really funny just send something funny to Kevin Hart. I'm not that funny, so. Dude, Kevin Hart's so funny, he could probably watch his own shit and laugh. I'm telling you. Dude's funny as hell. He's kind of like, he's done, he's in that position now where he, everyone wants him because he's so funny. So he's done a lot of movies that are, I mean, a lot of them have been good, but a lot, he's just in everything. So it's hard to see his whole body of work. But, dude, his stand up comedy, like his first, like, pretty much all of them are just amazing. Like, you, you sit there and you laugh your ass off all the way through. It doesn't matter how long it is. You're not going to stop laughing. Right? And I think his thing is that he's, like, his reactions, he's so dramatic the way that he yeah. does everything, but it just, it makes it hilarious. Just the way he gets loud and... 
He's just such he, a good storyteller. Exactly. Like, everything he tells, it's always a story with him. It's an ongoing, it's stories within stories, and he goes full circle with a lot of his acts and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it, it captivates you throughout it. It's amazing. He's a unique, funny guy. Mm-hmm. So, get better, Kevin Hart. We want more hilariousness. Also, real quick before we move on, <clears throat> if you haven't seen Real House Husbands of Hollywood, Kevin Hart's in that. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking hilarious, so dude. He's just such a diva, like, always acting like a little bitch, dude. It's so funny. Ah, it's awesome. Check it out. All right, we're going to finish up with the final trailer for Joker, which we talked about a couple weeks ago on here. But the final trailer dropped Tuesday or Wednesday this past week. And I posted it on our Facebook page. If you haven't seen it, you can go to Bros Let's Talk on Facebook. Find the trailer there. I'm I'm all in on this movie oh, now. for sure. Like, this was one of the better movie trailers that I can remember seeing in the last five years or so. And... We, I know we both hold Heath Ledger's Joker in such high regard because it was a phenomenal performance. He won an Oscar for it posthumously. It was intense, insane. It was amazing. That being said, Joaquin Phoenix looks like he's going to be up for an Oscar this year for this performance. of, And I, and I like the idea of, of the movie being him transitioning to the Joker. And to how he got to that point, rather than you know Heath Ledger's portrayal, Jack or Jack Nicholson's is a little bit of both, but with Heath Ledger's, like he was already established, insane, like it was just him living that life. Right. This shows the man that gets turned into the Joker and what caused him to get there. And I mentioned that it looks like to me, like his performance looks like it's going to be a really healthy mix of elements that made. Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson's portrayals so memorable. Um, you know, more so with the appearance looks more like Jack's, but just, classic comic yeah, book. Exactly. The insanity aspect of it though just looks and Joaquin Phoenix is such a weird dude and has had some already yeah. already great acting performances. I think he's a great actor. He is. I think he was like made for this role to play the Joker. And it uh, it debuted this weekend at Venice Film Festival, and it's it, it's being reported that it received an eight-minute standing ovation when the movie was over. Ridiculous. Eight minutes. Can you imagine standing and clapping for eight minutes for anything? The only thing I would do that for maybe is if the Bears won the Super Bowl, and it would be a lot more than clapping. It would be a lot of hugs, a lot of air thrusting, humping the air, just tears. fist pumps, tears. It'd be great, but dude, this <laughs> all the early like reviews and reports so, like they can't say anything, but they're talking about how it sh- the movie should be up for an Oscar, the performance should be up for an Oscar. Here are the reviews, and IGN is typically the most friendly. It got a ten out of ten. Uh, IMDb, uh, I like the most. It got a nine point eight out of ten. I feel I like I feel IMDb is closest to how I would rate movies. And then Rotten Tomatoes, typically, I think, is the biggest critics. And it got an 89%, so it's certified fresh. I mean, this movie's going to be fucking good. And a couple things about it. So it is in no relation to any existing Joker storyline. So this does not conflict with 
uh, Heath Ledger's uh, version of the Joker. It has nothing to do with Jack Nicholson's it, or, or whatever. It, it's totally separate from those storylines, and it's actually this is why it's so awesome. It's a true origin story. So I don't even know. I'm not sure if it's gonna end with like what people might be thinking the Joker to be. Like I don't think it's gonna end, or it might end, but I don't really know if it's gonna get into any like crazy criminal plots or schemes or anything like that you know i don't you know it's it's going to be very different from what you're expecting if you just think the joker which is why it's going to be so awesome and it's an original story too Mm -hmm. like you said it's not derived from any comic book arc i think they might have taken bits and pieces of like of the joker from that stuff but his origin story itself is completely original um so some people you'll probably see some people complain about that like oh but when you look at the movies that DC has put out, like they've been garbage for the most part, and they've tried to just—they've tried to do the Marvel route of keeping it more like slightly comic book accurate, but more like family friendly almost. To where like the the best movies DC have done have been more dark, and the Joker is one of the darkest characters in cinematic history. Probably he's insane. So to focus on be like, all right, and I think Andy mentioned this a couple weeks back. Here we have like a good character, like one of the most diverse and dynamic characters that you can make a movie about. Let's just make a movie about what made him this and just try and make a good movie. Who cares if it's a, like we don't want it to be considered a comic book movie. Yeah. We just want it to be a good movie. That's what, when I first saw the when I first saw the first trailer, I didn't I was like unsure of if there was even any DC affiliation, it was so far from what they've done. And it's so far removed from any uh, comic movie, um, like storylines. Like it's so far removed from that typical genre that I couldn't believe DC was affiliated with it. Um, and it's really nice too, that they're going to be putting the Jared Leto Joker to rest, hopefully for good. (laughs) This hopefully will separate everyone from that. And And I don't, and I don't, like I don't think Jared Leto was bad. I just thought that the the way that they created the character was was terrible. It was like a modernized Joker, but I just just wanted to kick that guy in the face the whole time. Yeah, and I thought the laugh sucked, which is like, man, if you haven't heard the Joker laugh from Joaquin Phoenix, check it out. It's fucking awesome. It's gonna be good, dude. Uh, I, I can't fun. wait. Like all of a sudden, I'm like super excited for this movie, and I was I was pretty much in on it because of the character and the actor. Like I think Joaquin Phoenix can play a madman as good as anybody, but this last trailer, again, if you haven't seen it, either YouTube or YouTube it, you can find it on our Facebook page. It's good. I mean, it's, it looks like it's going to be an awesome movie. I can't wait. And also tidbit is Joaquin Phoenix dedicated to his role. Uh, lost 58 pounds or so in order to play the character, what's the character's name? Uh, Arthur. Arthur Fleck. Yeah. So in order to appropriately play Arthur Fleck, who's obviously like uh, outcast and like basically poor and struggling and blah, blah, blah. So he lost 58 pounds to portray that. So hats off to Joaquin Phoenix for dedicating himself to his craft, as you'd expect from him. It's going to be great. Expect, expect movie reviews from us on that one. That's something that we should, we should just... For once, plan something simple like going to a movie, something that all four of us can easily do. (laughs) 
and just go see the movie together. Instead of being like, all right, let's do movie reviews, but everyone go see it on their own time. And then two of us see the movie and the other two never see it. (laughs) Guys, Andy and Jimmy, I'm expecting you to be listening, even though you weren't involved in this week's episode. The Joker comes out in October. Let's plan a date for the four of us to go see it. A little bro date. See Joker. Let's do it. Heard it here first. I'm going to bring this up again until it happens. Will it into existence? Full Baja Bandit movie review immediately after. <laughs> we'll all bring cans of Coke to leave behind. All right. We'll bring the Baja. You bring the Bandit, Jimmy. Oh. <laughs> Jimmy, you got to walk in with a cowboy hat on. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening as always. If you don't already, please follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Bros Let's Talk. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at Podbean. Our Podbean page is broslettstalk.podbean.com. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Hope you had a very relaxing weekend. For Sean, this is Pat. Later, bro. Later. All right. Latest on the menu. Goodbyes. <laughs> 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 <sighs> 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 <sighs>